Welcome to the Daily Grind Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Colin Morgan. Listen, are you tired of not living a fulfilling life? Do you believe you deserve more? Do you want more? Is it finally your time? If yes, then stick around. I welcome you to the Daily Grind. Today's podcast is brought to you by Talkable. Talkable is changing the way companies acquire and retain customers by quantifying and accelerating the oldest marketing channel ever. And my favorite, word of mouth. They don't just build refer a friend programs, they make sure that they're successful. Talkable helps e-commerce companies grow through targeted referral programs, leveraging insights from your customer's behavior. You're going to get 10 times the ROI from a referral program out there. You're going to ensure that you hit your sales goals next year and you have a referral program that is tailored to your business. Referral programs out there are the best way to grow your business. I can tell you from experience here on the Daily Grind, this is how we built the podcast. This is how we built the brand is 100% through word of mouth referrals. Talkable out there makes it super simple because they're the most advanced referral platform on the market and manage plans come with a dedicated team of experts to optimize your program. All these plans have an advanced A-B testing suite, so you can test everything, whether that's a $20 bid or 25% offer, to how the referral program is messaged to new customers. You can see detailed customer insights with an advanced reporting suite to understand how customers are interacting with your referral program. This is amazing, guys. Be sure that you guys check out dailygrind.talkable.com where you're going to book a free demo and see how this amazing company can benefit your business. If you have a business, specifically in e-commerce, give this a shot, guys. I'm telling you, it's going to absolutely accelerate what it is that you're doing. Again, dailygrind.talkable.com. So that's spelled T-A-L-K-A-B-L-E dailygrind.talkable.com. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to episode 454 here on The Daily Grind. Today, we have a very special episode for all of you. Stay tuned. We are joined today by Mr. Dean Graziosi. If you don't know Dean, I'm sure a lot of you do, but 
Dean knows how to create success. From extremely humble beginnings, Dean started with a firewood business in high school to a collision repair shop and his first real estate deal before the age of 20. From there, he went on to create a multi-million dollar real estate business, became a multiple New York Times bestselling author, 16 years every day on TV, and is one of the most watched real estate and success trainers of our generation. Dean maximized the success and profits in each of these endeavors along his evolution, and his business and brand have helped change countless lives. Dean is obsessed with sharing the success learned along the journey with the world. Dean's newest book, which is released today, The Underdog Advantage, shares how your so-called disadvantages are actually the fuel you need and are the hidden superpower that can propel you listening to do amazing things with your life. Everyone, today's episode is mind-blowing. It will open your eyes and give you a new perspective on life as it did for me. Be sure, as always, you have a pen, you have a piece of paper, sit back and really dive deep in today's interview with Mr. Dean Graziosi. Enjoy. Well, Dean Graziosi, welcome to The Daily Grind. Thank you so much for being here. Good to be here, man. Absolutely. Dean, uh, what's new? Let's start there. What's new in your world? What's exciting? Oh my God, this is probably what's new. Like that definition of what's new this year, it's it's new to me because <laughs> uh, this year I just moved into our new office. We worked the last year to build our, our headquarters and I, I, I never really call it headquarters before, but it's an awesome space and I really designed it from ground up. I moved into a new house this year. I got married this year. Wow, congratulations. Um, my have a baby. Um, Wow. And business is booming. Wow. I'm blessed. I started a new partnership with Tony Robbins this year, and that's gone on to be amazing. I have a new book coming out. My last book is almost at a million copies. My new book's, I think, going to be the best uh, bestseller ever. And and uh, I'm just feeling really grateful. Like, and I say that not to brag because believe me, I've been I've been lost miserably, failed miserably, completely broke, stressed, <laughs> up all night with anxiety. So I've been in every phase. So if you're listening right now, I just want you to know. Wherever you are, driving in your car, on, on the way to a job you hate or heading to a business that's thriving or ahead of a business that's not putting out the money you want or a business that you're scared might not make it at all, I give you my word, no matter where you are at this time listening to this uh, podcast with Colin and I, I've been there and my goal is here to serve today, to hopefully deliver a few things that you can implement in your life that uh, can shift you in the direction you deserve to go. So um, yeah, that's where I'm at. I love it. So, Dean, let's start here. Like, when did Dean Graziosi become this version of Dean Graziosi? Because you mentioned you've been broke, you've been, you know, in a job you don't like, you've been unsatisfied, haven't made the money you wanna you wanna make. What turned you into to the Dean today? You know, really great question, Colin. And and I love I love when a question is framed differently than just so. Where'd you start, right? <laughs> um, what, me into it. it really does it put a, it puts a different perspective and you'll get a different answer than I've ever given before and I think I, I want to share this with everybody because I'm going to try to share my story so people can get stuff out of it for themselves and what I, I, I would say to that answer is what shaped me were the things I was trying to run away from hmm. and I want to share that with everybody in your life everybody who's listening right now and everybody that's in your life of those who are listening is this is my dear friend Tony Robbins says this all the time and it, it impacted my life, but it's something I've lived by for a long time is 
when you realize that life happens for us, not to us, it's a big game changer, mm -hmm. like a total mental shift. Because there's so many people listening right now that like you're trying to make it all work and it just seems like you get getting the carpet pulled out from underneath you or people around you don't believe in you or you just don't have the money to get started. All these different things. It doesn't mean they're not real. They're real. But when you find a moment where that um, this is going to sound like it disgusts you or you're just not willing to accept that life. Yeah. If you get to a point where you say, I, I'm no longer accepting this, but this has to be a part of my life today because what if God, the universe, whatever you believe in is putting all that shit for lack of a better word in your life. So you make the move and most people get the nudges, they get the push, they get the upset stomach, they get the stressful nights, they get the anxiety, they get all that worry, but they just stay in the same spot. It's like the fight or flight, like they just stand still hoping something will change, like who moved my cheese? I just want more cheese to come. And when you say what made me is, uh, there's a million things and you know that Colin, but yeah. I would say running away from a family, my dad and mom worked their tails off. like. My dad worked on cars every day from six o'clock in the morning, came home late. Um, my mom cut hair, painted houses, cleaned houses to make 90 bucks a week. My parents were split when I was three. I watched both of them work hard to have nothing. I watched both of them work hard. We live in a trailer park. And I think I could have followed, there's nobody, I don't mean that disrespectfully, there's not many people in my entire family and extended family that have done well. They just followed the norm. Yeah. But I got so disturbed, Colin. Like that's not the way life was supposed to be. And everybody kept doing what everybody else was doing. So what shifted is saying, I want to retire my mom. I'm sick of what, I mean, I remember thinking that dude, I'm not kidding you at 10 years old, like I'm retiring my mother because she works her ass off for nothing. And I watch people disrespect her. My mom was a beautiful woman, one of the prettiest ladies I've ever seen, but didn't consider herself very smart. She had really severe dyslexia and they never diagnosed it. So she quit school halfway through 11th grade. And, and, you know, so I think she always had this, insecurity and I'm like, no way, you're a beautiful, amazing woman, I'm getting this, I'm gonna do this. So I think a lot of it is the ability, and you, you, you Colin, you talk to more successful people than most, right? You're doing this on a da the daily grind, yeah. right? Yeah. Is there's those moments in life where they can be your anchor, they go, this is, the, this is what our family does, we work really hard and don't have much. Or that, that same circumstance, for somebody almost exactly the same goes, screw this, it's over, I'm unwilling to accept this and I'm gonna find a way. And who knows, I had no idea what the hell that way was gonna be. I worked on, <laughs> I cut firewood, I fixed cars, I, I bought and sold cars, then I got into real estate and real estate changed my life and who knew I'd write books and do courses and training and speak on stages and all that kind of stuff. But I just was unwilling to let my life continue in that same way. And, and I think that's what crafted me. I mean, foundationally, right? There's all the other stuff. Of course. But that's, that's what started this transition. So during those moments where you didn't want to live the life your parents did, you, know, you wanted to step out into something that you were passionate about, you wanted to live an abundant life, what were some of the things you were doing which led you to some of those aha moments that have taken you where you are right now? Okay, so first, dude, this, I'm really enjoying this conversation, Colin. I mean it <laughs> Because I want to share, I want to back up. Like I want to cover today and look out for them. I want to cover the nuances most people skip over. Because you said that question, and I have an answer for that. But here's something else first. Okay. If you're listening right now and you're sick of the job or sick of the job, the, the business that's not working or sick of other people telling you what you can do or can't do, all the same frustrations all every successful person has in the beginning. There's also, for me, as you were saying, I remember the two voices. 
So imagine this, this is my situation, right? Dyslexia, got it from my mom, wasn't that smart, ready to quit school in 11th grade, but instead I just got out at like 11 o'clock and went to work, right? Yeah. Um, knew I wasn't going to college. My guidance counselor pretty much said, no college? Okay, why don't you work at the only factory in our town at minimum wage? Like there was nothing in between. There's no such thing as self-education, learning from other people, reading books or being mentored. No, it was like college, you're screwed, right? So part of me, this is the inner dialogue. And, and maybe if you're listening, I wish I was in front of you, you could tell me if you ever had this inner dialogue. Part of me was like, when my guidance, I'll use that example, legit, I'm sitting with Maureen Canosa and she says, oh, no college, huh? Um, well, you could work with your dad on cars or maybe you could work at the local factory. Like, just like that. Like yeah. nothing like you're ambitious, you're hungry, you could be mentored by somebody, read these books, go buy this course, get in this mastermind. No, college, you're screwed. And I remember, the, the dialogue between the two different people inside of me. And maybe I'm crazy, but maybe I'm not. I remember saying, oh my God, I, I'm, I'm screwed. Like, if I make $1,000 a week someday, I'd be lucky. Maybe I can get a construction job. Like, maybe, maybe I'm not that smart. Maybe I could, um, you know, work my way up in that factory and get to 60 grand a year someday. And at the same time, there was another voice going, F you, Maureen Canosa. Who the hell do you think you are telling me what I'm going to do in my fucking life? Excuse my language. But, like, don't you dare tell me what I could do in my life. I'm going to make more than you next year in two weeks than you make an entire year. Wait until you see me. In my yearbook, I wrote, you, you don't hear me now, but someday you'll see me shine. Like, that was that. my quote in my yearbook. So I was that guy, like, screw you. Wait till you see what I do. But I was also the guy, like, who are you freaking kidding, dude? You're not that smart. Nobody in your family has money. You don't even know what are you going to do? Cut firewood, fix cars, and become a millionaire fixing cars? That's retarded. Just just listen to what everybody says and yeah. just follow the noise. So I remember those two voices like yesterday. And if you ever had those dialogues, I'm telling you, the crappy little insecure voice, that inner insecurity, that voice needs to get shut up because it's a liar. It's not true. It's somebody else's beliefs. It's an old belief you have and you got to kill it and you got to listen to that other voice. And I just look over time and the louder voice of you can do it just was 5% stronger than the negative voice and it allowed me to win. Yeah, that's so powerful. You know, it's funny, you're, 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 the way you're talking, you know, my father, I played sports growing up, he gave me a little book, and it was probably the only book I ever read. Okay, Dean, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called The Inner Game of Tennis. And I haven't, but I'll read it. Yeah, if you're, I mean, you write amazing book, you'll love this. It talks about self one and self two. And he always used to fill me a line, and it was, you know, we all get butterflies. Our job's not to, to get rid of them. It's to get them to fly in formation. And, you know, as you're, as you're talking, like all this stuff just starts connecting because I think every single person in the world, regardless if they're billionaires and I've spoken to them or people who are low level, we all have those two inner voices. Everyone, we all do. And, and I just believe I, I like, I, I see people and I see their inner self doubt. I mean, that's what my last book, Millionaire Success Habits was yeah. really about is how do you break that self inner self doubt, that inner self talk. The one that says, you know, maybe we'll do this next year. Maybe this isn't the right time. Maybe this isn't the right president to try to build my own business. Maybe it's Facebook marketing is oversaturated. Maybe right like that little inner voice, like that voice, we have to call that voice a liar. We have to find a way to shut that voice up because I believe people who find a level and stay there, that voice finally won. And I don't feel like that that voice like becomes your king. It's just a little bit more powerful than the voice that says you can't. And if it wears it out, the voice that says you can finally just gets quiet 
and then you spend the next 40 years, you basically died and you just stay on this earth for another 40 years getting by. Yeah, so true. So taking a step back, because I love yeah. your book, Millionaire Success Habits. So um, for people kind of stuck in that influx, right? Like what are some habits that can help them get out of that? Whether that be small little things that they can do every day or stuff that just can take them to that next level. Uh, really great question, man. I, I would say this, like they're, they're a, a million, just so you know, when you say the way my brain works, it's like, just picture like 500 arrows pointing to one spot. And that's like my center of my brain. Like <laughs> I have 500 answers. I want to give you to that. Yeah. But one yeah. that just came through the strongest is wherever you are right now, if you're driving in your car, listening to this or you're home or you're working out or running and you're listening to this uh, podcast, let's picture right now it's five years from today and you're walking and you're listening and that belief, that story, that inner voice that's telling you players play a little smaller. You should be happy with what you have. Don't be greedy. Don't overstep your bounds. You're not that smart. You don't have the time. Think if it was five years from today. And your life was exactly the same. Just picture, how does that feel right now if your life is exactly the same five years from today? And when you wonder why you didn't start the business or scale the business or you're having more abundance in your life is because you gave power to that story, that story that was a lie. How will that feel in your soul? Like visualize that for a second. It's five years from today. You look a little older. You got a little more crow's feet around your eyes. You put five pounds on and you're in a car a couple of years older and nothing's changed. How's that going to feel if that was 10 years from now, mm. 10 years from right now, you're, you're doing the same crap with the same inner story. How pissed off are you at that story, that belief? Because what will hold you back is that crappy story that you can face today. You can look that story in the eye and say, bullshit. I'm changing that story. Other people had these same circumstances. Other people were broke. Other people didn't have people supporting them. Other people were single moms. Other people were dads going through a bad relationship and a bad job with no money to start this dream you have. Everyone's been there. Find someone, find the strategies, find the secrets, lock onto someone who's done it and try to just course correct, just course correct your thinking. It all starts, I, I know, listen, everybody always wants the magic money machine. It all starts with this. I don't care what anyone says. I've, I've been blessed to be friends with billionaires and the most successful people on the planet. It all starts with the belief that you can. And that's why I love to spend time. It's why I wrote Millionaire Success Habits. That's why my new book, book The Underdog Advantage, is coming out. It's all about anchoring in this foundation so you can find your beacon of light of where you belong, where you're supposed to be, that, that God gave you or you believe in the universe. Whatever you believe in, you are giving abil given abilities and you're not using them. And the greatest the greatest plight of our time is knowing you have untapped potential. Hmm. Dying with untapped potential has got to be the worst thing in history, and I just don't want anybody to do it. That's why I'm. That's why I push my books. That's why I'm all over YouTube, Facebook, <laughs> Instagram. I can't help people uh, if they don't read my books. You know. Yeah. So it, it kind of sounds like the first stage is is going through that sort of daydreaming where you close your eyes and you start to visualize what you want, not what you have right now, but what you want, and then yeah, probably what you learned in the in the inner game of tennis yeah right you're visualizing what the shot looks like mm -hmm. when it hits on the other side you're visualizing how you get a strong serve and you still return it like you know if you visualize on missing you'd miss if you visualize on hitting yeah. it, you got a be much better chance of hitting it yeah so true so let's move into i mean you touched on this briefly i mean it's part of your new book but you know the the power and what it is that you do is being able to show people that you know, some of the stuff that you went through in your darkest moments, some of those really 
deep struggles that you had, you can actually use those to your advantage to move you forward and do something special with your life. So if you wouldn't mind kind of touching a little bit about how people can actually do that. Really great, uh, great conversation. I love this. I'm really enjoying this, Colin. I, mean, I appreciate it. Because, well, it's almost like as I'm listening to you, it's like, what if the frame was even deeper? What if it was like, how do you take these things that aren't good and, and try to get them to help you? What if they were actually designed for you as a tool, but you're just missing it? Hmm. Like you have a toolbox and you're charged, you're, you know, your, your job is to cut down a tree and you're trying to do it with an ax and you don't realize that inside your toolbox is a chainsaw full of gas ready to cut the tree down in two seconds but you're just hammering away with an ax over yeah. and over because one showed you, hey, that that clunky, you know, if you were an Indian, an Aztec Indian cutting down a tree and you never saw mechanics, you'd say, oh no, I gotta use this machete, right? Like, you didn't realize this ugly, weird, heavy thing that looks like a small monster is actually the chainsaw that could cut down the tree 20 times, 100 times faster. And that's what that's why I wrote Underdog Advantage is, what if being an underdog, which we all feel like an underdog, which we all underdogs, we're all underdogs at some point or maybe our entire lives. What if that was actually our gift? What if it was designed for us, like I said earlier, and you're just not realizing it? So when I was when I was doing research for this book, um, I really geeked out on underdogs throughout time. Okay. And I have to tell you, I listened to a 42-hour book on the life of George Washington. Wow. And you would think, oh, that sounds boring. It was one of the most amazing books ever because he was an underdog his entire life. And uh, let me just read you. I'm going to read you something really quick here. Awesome. Um, I'll just share a couple of the, the chapters. So in, in Underdog Advantage, it says, uh, chapter one, underdogs have nothing to lose. Number Chapter two, underdogs can use the power of you can't. Underdogs act fast and improve quickly. Underdogs are relentlessly resourceful. Underdogs self-educate. Underdogs have to take care of what uh, don't have to care about what other people think. Underdogs turn desperation into persuasion. Mm. So, in that context, is let's just take George Washington. Everybody knows George Washington. Um, you know, chopped down the cherry tree, which he didn't obviously, but George <laughs> Washington worked really hard, was an underdog, and helped make America free, right? And gave us our independence. But George Washington was an underdog from day one. And I'm not going to tell the whole George Washington story, but I want to tell you these different perspectives so maybe you could see it through the eyes. And instead of looking at it as a public figure, uh, no matter where you're on the world listening to this, everybody knows the story of George Washington. Instead of looking at him as a public figure on what he had to do, I'm going to ask you for the next five minutes to look through his eyes as if you were standing there, right? It's the late 1700s. <clears throat> um, George Washington is born the, the, the fifth per, the fifth child. By the time it gets to him, his dad's broke. So all his other siblings go to college. He doesn't go to any school because there's no money left, and his dad dies. His mom is relentlessly evil, and nothing George Washington does is good enough. Nothing. Uh, he was the one that didn't go to college. He was the one that you know went to work right away. And I mean, he could do anything, and she was rough on him. So fast forward a little bit. He wants to get into uh, the army, which were controlled by the British. America's controlled by the British at that time. So he gets in the British army, becomes a higher-ranking official, same higher-ranking official as as those born in England. But because he was born in America, they looked down on him. He was an underdog. He didn't go to college. So they gave him half the pay, and they wouldn't let him in meetings, and they gave him the worst assignments always belittling him, always underestimating him, always never seeing him coming. They give him the worst jobs during the French and Indian War, like set up to fail over and over. 
Now, fast forward. Um, he's using all of these things as as leverage. But just fast forward. There is a little uh, fight, a little battle in Boston. The King of England says, I'm done. I'm not messing with these rebels. He sends 30,000 troops from England, 10,000 which are Hessians, hired fighters from Germany. They are ruthless. They'd rather bayonet you in the face than take you captive. They're just fighters, right? At the time, the British uh, Army and the British Navy are the strongest in the world. Nobody messes with them. They send 30,000 troops to New York City to wipe out George Washington and his ragtag band. Now, I want you to look through. You're sitting in a tent. It's winter. It's cold. You got 6,000. George Washington has 6,000 people in the in the in the army in the you know the Revolutionary Army. Yeah. They go from 14 to 60. They only have enough gunpowder for two bullets each. A third of them don't have shoes. 25% don't even have coats, and none of them have ever fought before. So picture the strongest army in the world, 30,000 of them. They're in the Bay of New York. George Washington's up against them with no chance. Like, he's done. They come in. They take Staten Island. They take Long Island. Take, uh, they take Fort Lee, New Jersey. They take the Upper West Side. They take Brooklyn. They just wipe them out. Not only do they wipe them out, out 6,000 troops, like just think you're George Washington leading this. They're down to 4,000. Then the British Army says, hey, if you guys come over to me, we'll give you money and we'll forgive you. Another 1,000 people jump off of George Washington's bandwagon and go over to the other side. Now George Washington's racing through New Jersey with 3,500 people, blood in the snow because they don't have shoes on, and this army is hunting them down to kill them. Now, if you don't know the outcome, you're like, that's it. It's over. It's done. <laughs> You're, you're an underdog, George Washington. It's over. Yeah. This is so literally. It's Christmas Eve night, and these are some of the things that, that's why I wanted to read those to you. It's Christmas Eve night. He's been an underdog his whole life. He's been told that he can't do it. You're not smart enough, George. You didn't go to school, George. You're not a British naval, George. And he had the edge. He had the power of you can't, not the disadvantage of you can't. The underdogs act fast and improve quickly. Underdogs have to make decisions fast because we don't have anybody guiding us. We're not privileged. If you said underdogs are relentlessly resourceful, think about this. If you could give somebody a million bucks, do you have kids? I don't. You don't. So if you have kids, would you rather wish your kids could have a million dollars from you to go start their own business or be relentlessly resourceful? So would you rather give them resources or resourcefulness? Resourcefulness for sure. Right. So George Washington, they never saw him coming. They 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 gave him the, the power of you can't. He was relentlessly resourceful. He self-educated by studying every single book he possibly could. And he didn't give a shit what other people think because the, the army said, this is the days you fight. You don't fight on Christmas. Then you fight by lining up and you shoot each other in a field. He didn't give a crap what anybody thought because he was an underdog. And he persuaded, the relentlessly persuasive, he persuaded his army of 3,500 people to cross the Delaware in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, the coldest day of the year. They're freezing. They got one shot each. They cross the Delaware, and 3,500 of them are going to attack the 10,000 Hessians who just slaughtered 2,000 of their buddies. He did all those things. Now, think about this. That's when he wrote Victory or Death. He freaking goes, crosses. He overtook the Hessian army in 45 minutes. Wow. Took their guns, took their money. He marches them up to Princeton. They win battle two. It's the beginning of the ship. Seven years later, we have America. Now, I only tell that story because we've all heard, heard George Washington about that figure, but think about being in that guy's eyes. 
I read 42 hours. This guy was an underdog his whole life, but he had what every successful person I know. I'm, I'm blessed to be friends with Richard Branson, and I, I got to hang out with John Paul DiGiorio, and Tony Robbins is my dearest friend. And I have all these great people in my life. Every one of them were absolute underdogs who had nothing to lose. Who they they use the power of you can't to act fast and improve quickly. They were relent, relentlessly resourceful. They self-educated. They didn't give a shit what other people think. Like all of those things were the common factors. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to say, hey, we're all underdogs. How about having a guidebook that shows you how to turn what you think is a is a weird heavy metal thing in your toolbox, how to turn your disadvantages into that chainsaw of life. And uh, I just been, I've had this vision for this book for like five years and I finally wrote it and I freaking love it. Uh, I, I like you're telling the story. I'm getting jacked up right now. <laughs> and I, I think you kind of take, you know, all those moments, it's the adversity life throws at you and, and it's how you deal with that adversity. Like I'd even know for my life, I say this all the time. Like, I feel like I didn't face adversity until I was 18. And that's why it took me years in order to kind of build up that muscle. Because when you don't do something, you don't know how to respond to it, right? So true. And you know what? I have to tell you something. I faced a lot of adversity uh, at a younger age, right? And not poor me, just a lot of stuff. My parents yeah. were married nine times by the time I was 20. I moved 20 times. We got evicted from places. Um, my dad couldn't handle my the divorce and made, made life really brutal for us. So I had to overcome adversity nonstop. And I have to tell you, I worry my kids because I, I had to overcome so much. I probably don't let them overcome much adversity. Hmm. And I'm worried about them. And I'm literally, I've been creating things in their life right now that allows them to have to think and things not always going perfect because if they're not prepared, what, I mean, so yesterday, it's funny you say, yesterday I'm in the car. I have a, I have a 11 and 13. Well, they're going to be 11 and 13 okay. next month. So I'm in the car with my kids yesterday. And I said to my daughter, I'm like, what was the, I asked both of them, with my daughter first, I said, what was the scariest thing that you can remember facing in your life? My kids know, and they're like, uh, less than time from dad, you know? But I said, what was the scariest thing you ever faced? And she's like, I don't know, probably going to summer camp two years ago when I was 10. Uh, and I said, well, how'd that feel? She goes, I didn't tell you guys, but I was so scared. And then when you dropped this off, because they don't get cell phones, nothing. Like they go to camp that they go and they get, you get reports from the teachers, but you don't talk to your kid. I was scared, you know? And uh, I'm probably a way overprotective dad. So I dropped her off and she said, when you dropped me off, I cried for two days straight. I missed you guys so much. Like I couldn't take it. I wanted to call and tell them to beg me to come home and I hated it. And she goes, but day three, I felt a little better. And then by day six, I didn't want to leave. And she goes, this year, I want to go for two weeks. And I said, well, how did you feel? She said, oh my God, like it, it, it allowed me to cope. I cried. I cried myself to sleep, but I realized it was, I mean, it came out of her mouth. I'm not, my daughter is no different than any daughter's listening. Yeah. I'm not saying she's magnificent, but I was so impressed. She's like, I learned to self soothe. Like I, I, I cried, but it was like, okay, I'm sad because I miss my parents, but I still can have fun here. And she had this incredible lesson. And I was so glad I asked her. And she said about her brother, who's like really, you know, maybe I'm too protective of him too. She's like, and Brody needs to go and Brody. No, it's okay to cry. That's how you learn. And you learn more when you got to figure stuff out. And I was like, Man, I'm doing a good freaking job for for not having a lot of adversity in your life. At least I'm teaching him the theory of it, right? But yeah, we all learn from our hardest times. If you think back of all the times you grew, Colin, it was when you faced your biggest demons, your biggest fears, your biggest worries, 100%. and on the other side of that, you were a better version of yourself. Yeah, and it's funny because during those moments, you don't see it like that. Like I, I kind of always equate it to like when you're going through those dark moments. 
It's your tunnel vision because you have an inability to see outside of yourself. Uh, completely. And not only is it tunnel vision, uh, here's something I want to tell everybody. If you're going through a shitty time right now or a tough time, you, you're probably going, Dean, so I'm supposed to appreciate this. You never appreciate it, ever. Mm -hmm. It's never a moment where you say, oh, I'm so glad everything went sideways. I'm so glad the business failed. I'm so <laughs> glad my family doesn't support me. But I promise you there is a time when you go, when you trust the process, when you go, this sucks, but I'm going to grow. I can't wait to see who I'm going to be on the other side of this. I can't wait to see the gifts I find. I can't wait for the abundance that's waiting for me. And when you start looking at it through those eyes, it doesn't make it better, but it makes it different because you know that the next level of you doesn't exist without going through that journey. Man, I love that. Well, for people out there who want to learn about when that book's coming live, how they can get their hands on it and, and follow you along with your journey. Where's the best place everyone can go, Dean? So that book, The Underdog Advantage, comes out December 9th. Amazing. And they can go deansbook.com. Deansbook.com. Now, here's the thing. You can go to Amazon and grab it. I think it's going to be on Amazon for $19.95. That's cool. You can go there. Or at Dean's Book, what we have is we paid for the book. We ask people to cover shipping and handling. I think it's 7 or 8 bucks for shipping and handling, and we send you the hardcover. So either one, this book's going to be fire. I can't wait to get it in people's hands. I can't wait to read it either. Uh, I've been starting it, which is absolutely amazing. Everyone, that's deansbook.com. And Dean, uh, the way we end the show here on The Daily Grind is we're going to give you the floor, and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience a thought of the day. So one thing, one thought, maybe something you're thinking about or a message you want the audience to go home with, we'll, we'll give you the floor. Yeah, I appreciate that. I would say since we're on that tone – is there's a lot of outside circumstances that can hold you back. And I get it. I was faced with adversity. I know what it feels like when you feel like every door is slammed in your face and everyone that's potentially open locks right before you grab the handle. Uh, I know what it's like to have the rug pulled out from underneath you. I know what it feels like to have people you love disappoint you or not believe in you. But the older I get, I'm 50 this year. I've been an entrepreneur for over 30 years. Is I wish someone would have shaken me earlier in my life and said, it has nothing to do with any of that. It has nothing to do with where you were born, what you have, what job you have right now, the, the, the tough struggles some of you might be going through. It has to do with what you believe and the story you tell yourself. If you tell yourself on a regular basis that those things are the things holding you back, they will. I know that might, especially if you're in a tough spot, you might go, yeah, that's easy for you to say. Now, Dean, you got money, you got this. I'm telling you, I've been in every situation you've been in. Change the story about where you're going. Change the story on your circumstances and you'll change your life. Change the story, change your life, work on it, obsess on it. If you took nothing else from today, know that your story is holding you back more than any outsider circumstance could ever. Well, Dean, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking time out of your schedule and coming on the show here and sharing your wisdom with the Daily Grind audience today. I don't know if you know this, but you know, this is the first time we've been speaking, but you've been a mentor of mine for a very, very long time, and it's an honor to be on this podcast with you. Oh, thanks, Colin. Appreciate those kind words. And everybody else, go out and get it, man. You deserve it. And there you have it for today's interview, everyone. I would love to hear your comments on this. Uh, be sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Leave us a comment, share this out on social media, share this with a friend that you think really could benefit from hearing this episode. Again, hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'll be back tomorrow with another amazing one as well. Until then, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Lower the lights down. 